hunger for this type of topic, but for whatever reason, stigma, just the fact that it, you know, we're shifting towards being more open about mental health, but we're still very much at the beginning of that shift. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this feels like a really great kind of gap in the literature to hopefully fill and also just start, you know, to start more of those conversations about this intersection between dating and mental health. Hello, hello, and welcome to In the Rising podcast. My name is Bettina Brown, and this is the platform I've chosen to talk about living a life that's in alignment with your hope, your dream, your goals, your vision, and really the life you absolutely want. And my guest today is Allison Raskin, who herself has in many ways a life we would love to have, you know, a YouTube channel with to date over 650,000 subscribers and New York Times bestseller, and also is very open and vulnerable with this one particular topic. And that is that she herself has some difficulty with mental health, her own mental health. And she's written a book, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression. And she really, really delves into topics that very few of us talk about. Very few of us really feel comfortable opening up even to our partners about things that we're struggling with. But it is so important because... Many of us still want a long-term relationship of some manner with one person, two people, however that looks to you, but we have to be open and be seen, and that includes our mental health. So I'm really eager for you to listen to Allison today. So welcome, welcome, Allison, to In the Rising podcast, the platform where I talk about being in a certain situation and rising up from that or being in a multitude of situations and rising up from that. And I have your book, Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and Depression. And my first thought was like, well, isn't that like everybody who has at least one, if not two or all of them? But this is also a very important topic because it's our romantic you know, relationship, something we want to build for. Share with me what gave you this drive to write such a personal and revealing book? Yeah, so I've had OCD since I was four years old. So for me, mental health has always been a part of my life. It's always been something I'm working on and aware of, but the dating part of it all was always really tricky. <laughs> like nothing could knock my stability more. Nothing brought out the worst sides of myself easier. And it really felt like this area of my life that I had little to no control over. But then a few years ago, I realized that I had made all of these changes that I had learned how to emotionally regulate. I had the right vocabulary to talk about my disorders with partners and potential partners. I had better coping skills. I had a better relationship with myself. And all of that was then really having an impact on my romantic relationships in a really positive way. And I thought, well, oh, this is very interesting. <laughs> And, you know, I came up on the internet. I, I had a YouTube channel. I have a podcast. I've always been really public with my life. And I thought, okay, this feels like another time to really deep dive into what's been going on with me because I think it could actually be helpful to other people. 
Um, and then I blew it out and included a lot of, you know, mental health experts, dating coaches, couples, so that it wasn't just me telling my story, but really giving like a tangible roadmap for people who are struggling with the same things. And I like the idea that you said tangible roadmap because it can feel so overwhelming and so isolating. And there's one sentence in the book. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read your own book to you. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> you know, you talk about yourself and you say, I couldn't truly respect myself and constantly roast my experience at the same time. And, you know, before we can love others, we got to love ourselves. Share a little bit more about what that sentence means to you then or, or means to you now. So I had a very self-deprecating sense of humor. Um, you know, I'm a comedian. I've done years of improv, stand-up, YouTube sketch, and a large part of my humor arsenal was was making fun of myself. <laughs> and, you know, even though it was a quote-unquote joke, it's really hard for your psyche to constantly hear those things and then not internalize them. Mm-hmm. So a big shift for me It wasn't that one day I suddenly started to talk to myself all lovey-dovey all the time, but I made these like choices to not vocalize certain things anymore, to Mm. not let myself make these jokes that ended in just kill me or, you know, something like I'm garbage. (laughs) And that was like a really important first step. in, like I said, like developing that better relationship with myself. Yes. And how do you feel? In hindsight, looking back on you, like, like, just do you, do you feel like that was part of your process for growing into who you are now or, you know, with the right people or, or right circumstances, you could have changed that view earlier in life? You know, I think the only regret that I have is that I was not medicated for um, a large part of my 20s. I decided to wean myself off of antidepressants when I was 21 for reasons that remain mysterious to me. Um, and then I didn't go back on them until a really, um, triggering breakup in 2017. And so for a large chunk of my twenties, I was not medicated. And, and there, I think I could have really used that help. But other than that, you know, we are not taught how to live well, (laughs) like we are, you know, societal messaging makes it really hard to like yourself. We're not given like guidelines for how to engage in healthy relationships. And when then when you throw on top of that, things like anxiety disorders, OCD, depressive episodes, it can be really hard. So I'm try really to not be judgmental of my past self and instead just be really excited that I got to the place where I am today. Yeah. And and I like how you say, I'm not going to be judgmental that it was what it was. You were writing this book about relationships and mental health, and they're not many on the market. Like it's something we don't talk about. Share why you feel so strongly about putting that out there. It's one of those things where it's very rare to have an idea that hasn't been done before. And I I doubt I'll ever have one again, (laughs) but the idea just sort of popped in my head. and, And then the moment I sort of started, you know, mentioning it to friends, mentioning it to my book agent, like everyone was like, oh, wow, we need this. And so that really like signaled to me that there was this like hunger for this type of topic, but for whatever reason, stigma, just the fact that it, you know, we're shifting towards being more open about mental health, but we're still very much at the beginning of that shift. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this feels like a really great 
kind of gap in the literature to hopefully fill and also just start, you know, to start more of those conversations about this intersection between dating and mental health. And there, there is an intersection. There has to be, you said the word stigma and there is a huge still stigma out there that if we're, you know, we want to be vulnerable, you have to be authentic, yet you can't be too authentic and talk about your mental health. Share what your thoughts are on that whole stigmatization of mental health. I think it's a, a double-edged sword in a way because we know logically that we shouldn't have it, right? But then it's also really hard not to have it. And then we feel bad at ourselves for feeling stigma. Um, so the first step for me is just like acknowledging that it is okay to feel stigma about your own disorder. Like it makes sense that you feel that way, but then doing the work to work through that, like not assuming you're going to wake up and be like, I love having OCD. I love telling people about my OCD. I love that, you know, being so vocal about it. Like that's probably not how you were raised to feel about it. So there's a lot of work to undo, but I think that the more that that people hopefully, you know, in the public eye are able to do that, the easier it is for people who might be more private to start to feel comfortable opening up. And opening up is what we need to do when we're dating, right? With our potential partners. And you have a section in your book that talks about dating. And also that this is a, like you're dating for a job. You're going to find the right candidate for your job And that's a really good way to think about it. A candidate for someone who's going to be part of your life. What are ways for someone to talk about their mental health with their potential partner? And at what time? I don't think it's so much like what time in terms of what date. It's more like what stage. What stage in the relationship are you at? Are you at a place where you are really getting to know each other? Because I think a lot of dating now is it's pretty casual and surface level. Um, And so when you don't really know somebody, you don't need to share those things. If you're just talking about like, office coworkers who are funny or like movies that you've seen, like you don't need to deep dive into like your suicidal ideation. But if you are getting to a place where you're really getting to know somebody and they're opening up to you too, then I think it becomes important to share that part of your life because it is a part of your life. But what you can have a bit more control over is the way in which you share. And I think it is really helpful for you to share from a place of, I'm not putting this on you as something that will become your responsibility, but instead I'm letting you know something about myself that I am in charge of, that I know that I have these things, I'm actively working on these things, and I will be in the driver's seat when it comes to this, but it is a part of my story. Very well phrased. I am in charge of this, which is your own life, right? You're in charge of that. One thing we're not always in charge of is if we have a breakup, which is a difficult time for for anyone, unless we're the one wanting to get out. It's, it's a, it's a good thing. <laughs> but, um, share with me, like, what are, why is this such a trigger or greater trigger, perhaps, when you already have, like, depression and anxiety as part of your life story? I think we have a lot of narratives attached to breakups. So I like to say that there are two big things that you're dealing with when someone breaks up with you. One of them is just the grief of losing a person who played a big role in your life. 
right? So you're losing contact with somebody who you talk to every day, probably you're losing a friend, you're losing, you know, a a partner. And that is real. I mean, that in a lot of ways is like a death. And then the other aspect is the rejection, right? Like we are taught that to be rejected is horrible, that it signifies that we don't have value, that it signifies that something is wrong with us. And so it is really easy when we get rejected to add a lot of information on top of it that doesn't need to be there. But that information, like I am unlovable, I am worthless, I will never be happy again. If you struggle with your mental health, it is very easy for those types of thoughts to send you into a very deep and long spiral. (laughs) So it makes a lot of sense why breakups would be, you know, so triggering. And that's why you really need to step in and be there for yourself. Like I, you know, my, my fiance left me while I was writing this book. And one of the main things I had to do was not give in to the thoughts of this is my fault. I'm to blame. I'm never going to find anyone again. I also had to not do that game of what if, because if you ruminate and like, but what if I had said this, what if that one little thing had happened differently? What if, what if, what if you're never going to move forward and you're not really allowing yourself to heal. And I, and I really appreciate you being honest about that because sometimes I feel the unthinkable happens right when we're in that place, but that also gives us the tools to be better helpers regarding a certain topic, having walked a certain way. And so thank you for your honesty with that. And and as you're going through everything, what would you say would be one of your greatest lessons that came out of that experience? That I was okay. You know, in the past, breakups had really, really rocked me um, to the point of wanting to die and self-harm. And and they had really brought me to a low, low. And obviously having my fiance leave me was the biggest heartbreak of my life. But at the same time, I didn't fall apart in the same way. I didn't mentally fall apart. I emotionally was, was very hurt, but I didn't tear myself down in the process. And so for me, it was this lesson of, oh, if you can get to a place of a certain level of stability, of having certain amount of coping skills, of basically having like these safety nets set up for yourself, then dating is still risky, but it's not as dangerous mm-hmm. because you don't, the, the fall won't be as, as deep or as, you know, as hard to, to get back from, um, And so as much as I wish that didn't have happened to me for me to have learned that it really was me being like kind of the first guinea pig of the book of like, yes, like even if you have been really rocked by dating in the past, you can get yourself to a place where you're able to engage in it in a healthy way. And so there's maybe less fear around it. Right. Last question, Allison, what is still on the horizon for you? What are you still rising up to professionally, personally, wherever you want to answer that question? (laughs) So I have a weekly podcast called Just Between Us that um, we've had for years that I love so much. Um, I also have a sub stack called Emotional Support Lady, which is also the name of a mental health Instagram account that I run. And I host a weekly show on AMP um, called A Nightmare to Date, where people share, my guests share dating horror stories, but the twist is it's stories where they were the horror. (laughs) So 
The really wonderful thing about In the Rising podcast is that people have had the ability to share what they have risen through, what they have overcome. And Allison is very upfront that what she is going through with her mental health is something she has gone through and something she is still going through. And with this new book really goes into dealing with struggles and how to better prepare while you're dating. And in this new book, she even shares that one of the things that is really one of the most difficult things for us, whether it's a it's a relationship breakup, whether it's a fiance or a, a marriage, a very, very close relationship fell apart in the middle of stress of writing a book about relationships. And I really feel that her her verbiage in this book and as she talks about it, not only on this platform, but others, really opens opens your eyes to how difficult this is, but how special it is to still acknowledge where you are on your own mental health path. And I encourage you, if you feel like this is something that uh, speaks to you, because you may be having some issues with your own mental health, and that can be a moment of depression, or that can be a lifelong of depression to seek out help. And sometimes that first person you find may not be your best fit. And it does take, it's almost like finding dresses, like you just need to try them on a little bit. But eventually you will find someone that you really connect with, you really click with and can help you navigate difficult times of your life. And relationships, as great as they can be, can also be very difficult times of your life. And so I encourage you to do that. I also ask you that if you feel this show today will help someone that you know, Send this to them. Forward this to them. I it, it does more in the hands and ears of those that could need it right now than if we just leave it in our podcast player. And also, if you don't mind leaving it a review, leave this episode a review. It does so much more for this show and also to elevate it and put it out there to people that may be needing this message right now. And I'm so thankful for your time because we don't get it back. And until next time, let's keep building one another up.